This is the secret to love. Love is not reflective. Mm. I can't get love from you. This is why relationships break down because you're trying to have a reciprocal relationship. It doesn't work because for some reason, when there's a breakdown on one side or the other and they can't give it to you, then you can't give it to them. That's not love. That's transaction. That's what that's what happens when you go into the gas station and you have any money. They don't give you gas. Mm. <laughs> that's not a covenant. <laughs> mm. Here's what makes a covenant work. This is the thing. The only thing that makes a covenant is God. That's it. Because covenant is, first of all, it ain't even your idea. Yep. You didn't come up with marriage. You didn't come up with covenant. God did. And when you understand it, that God made it, God knows how to work it. I never imagined my public healing would inspire others to heal across the world. I thank you for using him to reach the world with the message of hope in relationships. But your life does not. God, you are my publicist. We laugh. <laughs> We share the unadulterated truth. He said, not only have I not divorced you, I ain't exposed you. We didn't marry fans, we married forever. And we wanted forever to act like a fan. Reveal her, Jesus. I will not compromise Mm -mm. on getting a woman to God. You don't have to. And Father, I declare for his future wifey, thank you for preserving her. This season, I declare miracles and manifestations. See, you selling scripts. And you're unique. You ain't like nobody else. I, I noticed that right away. You being true to who you are, you're going to attract. Mm. It's a Hebrew word, hail, and it was translated wealth. And it means people, it means men, it means resources, and it means means. I'm Lateris R. Whitfield, and this is the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, Lateris R. Whitfield. Listen, are you still shacking up with us? Come on, y'all. We've hit 400,000 subscribers. And if you're still shacking up with us, can we get a commitment? Can we finally get a commitment? Hit that subscription button and subscribe. Turn on your notification bell so you'll be notified about upcoming episodes. Hey, don't forget, we are headed to Los Cabos, New Mexico. No, we ain't. We're going to Los Cabos, Mexico on November the 9th through the 12th. Make sure that you visit the link in the description. Reserve your room right now. Uh, we are we have partnered with I Can't Wait to Travel. I teamed up with my boy Paul Bache Williams, a psychotherapist that's going to help curate this healing retreat that we have. It's going to be absolutely phenomenal. So make sure you reserve your spot today. Um, Y'all know that when I choose guests on the podcast, it's all by design, it's all by assignment, it's all uh, for my own personal journey as I discover, recover, and uncover love. And um, these today's guests are really, really special to me. These are these are my people, close to my heart. They've been a part of my journey before the Dear Future Wifey podcast even came to existence. They prayed for me. They've been seated for me. Ah, without further ado, welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. My homies, my friends, my family, Michael and Siobhan Bethany. Hey. Welcome. You can't just say, hey, after I said all that. <laughs> I, done, I done hyped y'all up. Listen, hey, listen. Hey. First of all, I want to thank you for that illustrious <laughs> introduction. <laughs> illustrious. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. Siobhan, we done got you over here on the yellow couch. How do you feel? You know what? This is love. <laughs> this is love. Tell yes. people why. Tell people yes. why this is love. 
Because I am a very introverted introvert. <laughs> she said she's introverted introvert. Yes. I, never yes. Heard, I have never, I've heard, never heard, that. heard that before. If there's a spectrum, I'm on the high end of that spectrum. And uh, I just, yeah, I like hanging out in the background. Typically. So the reason why I have you here is because, you know, me and your husband, we, 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 we thick as thieves. But I know that what is or who is empowering him behind the scenes is you. So it would be a disservice to have my brother on this podcast. He was on the podcast in season one. Um, and it would be a disservice to have, have him on the podcast without having his rib. And so I know you have your you're full of a of wisdom and insight. And so I know people are going to receive so much wisdom from you. Amen. Amen. All right. That's what we're doing right now. So, Brother Bethany. Yes, sir. um, How you been doing? I've been doing great, man. I've been doing great, man. I've been, you know, staying in the gym, you know, eating right, (laughs) living right, doing right, (laughs) Uh, man, and and, uh, working on music and you know, it's it's been a very it's been a grind, but it's been really healthy. So, what do y'all think? Y'all 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 knew me before this whole podcast came to existence, and Siobhan said something, and I said, "Save that until we until we hit record." What were you telling me before we start the podcast? Yeah, that actually, when you first moved into mm-hmm. this space, you gave yeah. us a tour. Um, you not only gave us a tour, but you talked about what God was going to do, and to just see yeah. it, you know, manifested. Um, I believe he's exceeded, yeah, you know, absolutely. beyond even what you thought. And it's just amazing to be a part of that journey. Because it didn't look like this. <laughs> what it looked like, Mike? You want me to <laughs> talk? Talk. Listen, okay. it, you know, I keep it lit. We're going to talk. We're going to be lit. Yeah. It, it looked like he was doing your best. It looked like he was giving it your best shot. <laughs> the Lord was about, you were on the precipice of a miracle. You what? You had walked into the promised land, but you'd identified the coordinates. <laughs> you identified, identified this is where it's going to be. God's going to move here, believe it or not. And I'm I'm telling you, man, uh oh, this God. place coming I've been here quite yeah. a few times. And every time I come, it's just evolved, yeah. right? It's always something else you've added. And and I watched I watched the show. Yeah. And I was, you know, yeah, from you the very from the me. very beginning. Yeah. You know, I always give you my commentary, yeah. you know, but it's just like to see what has happened over all this time from season one to right now. It's it's incredible. Can you believe we're in season six? We were, I, wow. I, I was like, you were just saying what was going to happen in season seven. I was like, season seven? <laughs> this is season seven's coming? Season yeah. six? This is amazing. It's been three and a half years already with this podcast. Wow. Um, people don't know that... Um, like I've never shared with people what led to the podcast, the pain that led to the podcast. A lot of people think it's my wife or whatever, but it was a, a situation I was involved in before that. But without going into detail about that, I haven't. I'm going to save that for a movie. But what was it like for you to watch me go through that? Okay, so that was like an unraveling because we have been friends for years. Yeah. And it was this wall we had to hit as friends where there was a part of your life you you didn't want me to see. And the Lord was revealing it to me. <laughs> so I'm finding out about your life and I'm talking to you. I'm like, hey, so what's going on? You're like, I'm good. I'm like, so it all boils down to a, this this. This infamous truck ride that we took together. <laughs> we sure you was—I don't know—you helped me get a stove. I would help you get a stove that you had got on Craigslist. Yeah, or on Craigslist, and, yeah. and we we driving to go get this dish. I watched whatever it was an appliance, 
And I'm just like, so we going we in the car riding all this time. You just going <laughs> just be lying to me the whole time. I already know what's going on. But what I loved about it was, and we had enough time that day to to unwrap all that, and as as we say, unpack all that, and then really oh take a, another step yeah. in our friendship. Yeah. And it was like, you know what it was? Because it was like, you know, I, it's a lesson I've learned. When you know the truth, don't try to be nice. <laughs> Just say it because sometimes it's like you, you try not to make a person feel bad when in reality, if you are a friend, your friendship should be demonstrated by your willingness to risk that feeling and yeah. just say what it is and, and let that person wrestle with it. And I see I, I think what, what happened is it, it showed me how, how good of friends we really yeah, were, yeah. because then once I said it, you was like, OK, you got me. <laughs> And we and then the, the charade was off. It was off. It was now we were keeping it lit. Yeah, we, <laughs> we were keeping it lit. And then we got to deal with yeah. in our relationship in that moment what's really going on. And then I got to be more of a friend. More of a friend. Mm-hmm. Than I was all those years before. It was a trip because you kept saying, "Are we friends?" I said, "Yeah, we friends." You said, "So <laughs> how things go with you?" So I said, "Oh, everything's great." You was like, "Really?" I said, "Yeah, absolutely." You like, man, you lied. <laughs> I said, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, man, I said, "Got real strong." It got real strong. It got real strong. I looked out the window. I was like, "God, dog." I said, "Man, this is subjective." <laughs> I said, "Yeah," but that was God exposing me to to you need to get healed from this. You yes. Need to be set free from this you need to get delivered from this and as long as you keep sitting up here lying to somebody i put in your life to keep your arms lifted up when you yeah, don't have man. the strength to hold your arms up yourself you, you gotta lean on your brothers uh in those moments so again i thank you for calling me to the carpet uh and and, and challenging me ain't in one it, of the most trying times of my life ain't it something how god will make exposure a gift right whatever you're trying to hide the best thing god can do for you is expose you for you. There it is. Because you're not strong enough to do it. And God was doing that. And it was, the beautiful thing is, it's not this exposure where someone's trying to get you. Right. It's right. when somebody loves you enough, that's who you want to be exposed to. Facts. Because when you're exposed to them, what a friend would do is they'll cover you. Yeah. And they'll love you. And they'll speak truth to you. And they'll stick by you. And no matter how you, whatever you did in that season, I was committed to you. Yeah. And it was a matter of you believing, you know, if he knows about this... <laughs> What is he going to think? Like, no matter what happens, I believe in you. I, yeah. I love you and I'm with you. I felt, so, I felt so stupid going through that. And I'm telling you, when when whenever this movie I write come out, y'all going to see, y'all be like, dang, Latares went through that. He did this. He allowed that. I'm like, yeah. that's. And I'll that's, be a witness. Like, yeah. <laughs> that happened. It happened. It was, it was <laughs> I'll be on story. Twitter. Follow yeah. me on Twitter. I just go do a play by play. I don't even get on Twitter, but I'll be on you'll Twitter. Be on like Twitter that day. Black Twitter, as they say. I'll be black on Black Twitter. Twitter. You'll be on Black Twitter. Um, listen, how did you and this amazing queen that sits to the right of you? How did y'all meet? So, um, so honestly, man, it was interesting because we had a couple of meetings when we were young. So my father was a pastor, and so was hers. And right, like around the corner from each other, and you know, those really? churches really. But I never knew that. And so she had a friend. We won't go into this on the podcast. Look how she's shaking her head. Never mind. Forget that part of it. Okay. We met before. Yeah. Under different circumstances. But I saw her at this event. And, you know, 
I, I just like, I, once I saw her that first time, it was like a snapshot in my mind. And I kept saying, if I keep seeing her, I think I'm going to say something to her. And eventually, I was at a, at a skating ring back in the day. Yeah. We went skating. Yeah. It's kind of dating me a little bit. Yeah. But we, I don't skate no more. But we were skating, and then I didn't ask. And then R- Rihanna loves skating, so she, she right. loves skating. Yeah. I bet she looked like she can really yeah, skate too. Yeah, yeah, look at it. And her. then finally, there was an event I came to, and uh, I was going to sing at this event, and she was there. And I was like, this is my moment. And I finally made that connection. And we You mean what you said to her? You know, honestly, it's a, I actually went looking for her. She walked out the church and she left. Oh. So I was looking around. It was like, what are you looking for? I was like, I'm looking for that girl. And I was like, is she gone? So I came back in the church because I had my little cousin with me. I was like, I guess she's gone. And then she come walking back in, pretending. I was. Pretending what? She was pretending that she had to go do something, like go talk to her auntie. Because I wanted to be found. <laughs> so I placed myself in his path she, she, on his way. <laughs> she, she left and she realized she was in error. She's like, he'll never find me driving away from the church. So she, she came so she back. So she came back, she made a beeline back. you really thought like that? You said you wanted to be found. I did, yeah. So, so, so <laughs> what was the theory? What was the mindset back then? So my mindset was, of course, he was supposed to be the one to approach me. Um, and I wanted to put myself in position in his way to find me if he had the courage to finally ask me for my number. Because again, that wasn't the first time we met, you know, we had met several times before. So I can, all all I can do is just help you to be blessed, but I can't make you take that step. That's good. Rihanna, push record on that, that recorder. I forgot to push record on that big machine. We never use that, but since I have a guitar player. Yeah. So, um, wow, you got real biblical with it, huh? You said, <laughs> <laughs> she said she to be found. Yeah. So, all right, so when you look at that, so then what happened? So you went and approached her, you introduced yeah, yourself. Yeah, and got a number, and then we just started talking, and we were talking every day. I'm, I'm going to give you, like, another thing that would date me. We both had pagers. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we came up with these codes, on how we could say, you know, share our like affection. Like a secret language. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, with the numbers. <laughs> so, and I ain't going to tell you what our codes are. Well, we had these codes, and we would just, you know, we would page each other. And then I remember I would go to work with my dad, and I'm just looking at my page like, it's just vibrating. Like, <laughs> she, she just told me something. My dad's looking at me like, you pitiful. What's wrong with you, boy? <laughs> but it was just like, we. so we were just, we were just connecting I daily, daily, all the time. All the time. And we grew so close, man. And uh, that was the beginning of the journey, man. That's how I went down. At that time, were you thinking, how old were you and how old was she during that so time? At the time we met, I was 19 and she was 17. Were you thinking marriage at that point or were you just thinking, this is my girlfriend? Honestly. I wasn't. She I, wasn't thinking yeah, marriage. I was but too young. I was an old preacher at 19. <laughs> So, so you knew you had to have your I wife. was my father's protege. So in my mind, I was just waiting to take the church over. <laughs> so at yeah. night, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm next. <laughs> Hope y'all know. <laughs> and I need me a wife. <laughs> I, I got to find me one of these. <laughs> so in my mind, I was way ahead of I was way ahead of myself. But I was looking at her, and I would look at her in church. I was like, man, she just looked like she really serious about God. Like the other back in those days. You know, big fish in a little pond, yeah. small town St. Louis. So you go to church, and if you're popular and could sing, you walk into church, and if there are girls there, they know you're there. Yeah. So I would see all those girls, they like snickering and everything, and she's just like. I'm impressed. And she's giving me like, you're not here. I'm here 
for worship. I'm here for this. And her friends would be tapping, look, and she never would look. Why was that, Siobhan? Because I wasn't there for him. I was there for him. Well, so it just. Dang. It just, <laughs> dang. It's just. It you had to be so strong was. about it. So you tell me, did you, did, did you have a crush on him at all? Um, tell the truth. Okay, so so I'm a little strange. I think I'm strange because because he was out front, because he was a singer, and because he was so popular, it actually made me at first not want to talk to him and to avoid him. Um, and so it wasn't until we actually talked, and I was like, oh, he's actually a nice guy. Like he's not like a jerk or she was you know, judging me, stuck up or whatever. Yep. Um, and that's when I, you know, just let myself feel something for him. Yeah. But before then I was like, I, I guess you can say you just wasn't my type because he was just, yeah. Well, too, too talented. Too, too talented. <laughs> too talented. Made it uncomfortable. Too much yeah, anointing. I was just like, uh, just kidding. remember I'm an introvert. So I'm like, oh, attention. No, no. Uh, yeah. So. Mike, what song you used to sing back then? What was your go-to song back then? Oh man. I used to sing because it lives. Cause back in the day, man, you'd sing like. Uh, blessed assurance. I get up singing him, or you know, I won't complain. It was all those Sunday morning you don't, specials. You don't know, no, I won't complain, do you? He no, he do. You, you, know, you, you ain't know, never heard I won't complain on acoustic guitar. You never heard that. <laughs> <laughs> what was the other song you said? Um, um, because he lives. Because he lives. You know, because he lives. Look at live. Oh, okay, uh, put me in G. Because he lives. I can face tomorrow. Now we had an organ back then, and, yeah. and I was giving it a whole lot more energy. Yeah. But tonight, today, <laughs> because He lives, all of my fear are gone. Fears are gone. I'm yeah. just messing this all That's up. Fine. Because I know who holds my future. My life is worth. The living just because he lives. So you tell me, you hearing this man sing like this, uh -huh. it, and it wasn't. It made it worse. <laughs> it, it had the opposite effect. It said that's the opposite <laughs> effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Mike, how yeah. did you feel the fact? How do you feel with the fact that she was just unimpressed with you? You know, I like that. Because because yeah, because at that point in my life, I was real. I realized that my talent was a liability, mm. you know, because I realized that I would walk into a room and nobody would see me. And then once I sang, I couldn't get out the room mm. without having to have all these conversations with people who were ignoring me. Yes. Before they knew I could sing. And then I, I, I eventually accepted this one girl's proposal to, 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 to go with me. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. We weren't dating. We were just go, talk, we go together. Go together. <laughs> yeah. So I was going with her, and then she dumped me after she got to know me on New Year's Eve. Yeah. And I was like, why? She was like, because you're boring. Like, I was like, I, we saved, though. Like, we're trying to live for the Lord. What you want me to do? You want me to be bad? He was just a nice guy. <laughs> and I, yeah. and, but what I, and, and it, just my the way I felt at that, at that point, though, I felt like, you know, people... They they think they'll like me, but they don't. They like my talent, yeah. but they don't really like me. And they, if they got to know me, it probably wouldn't work out. So I wanted to be with somebody who wasn't impressed with that talent, so I could trust that they really liked me. That's good. So you know, that's good. I mean, we just she never gave me any energy around that. When did it shift? 
it it the relationship grew organically. Yeah, we were friends. We were just friends, yeah. and so I could not like because back in those days, man, when I was young, I'd be singing, you know, like you know, um, boys to men stuff to girls, and you sing a little something, you know, it just make them go crazy. <laughs> And but for her, they just didn't work. So they, you tell me he was singing boys and men song. You just be like, I didn't even sing it to her. No, he didn't. You wouldn't do it. No, no I, it wasn't. That wasn't. It was a waste of time. Waste she of time. was. Yeah, she was not giving me the energy. <laughs> <laughs> so I just didn't even pull that out because it wasn't. It was not an opportune situation. I we were talking, man, like real life. Like what? Yeah. What are your dreams? Like you know, what do you want to be? Yeah. We were talking real stuff. So, you real different, huh? I'm very weird. Yes. I did not know you was this different. <laughs> you was just like, because mm. mm-hmm. you would think women always say, "Oh, I wish I get a man that can sing." So he could just you like, Mm-mm. <laughs> nope. That Mm-mm. is crazy. It was it was actually his vulnerability as we became friends that really made me more attracted and interested. So. What did you see in him early on that made you attractive? When you said vulnerability, was there yeah. a certain moment that happened where you say, wow, this is this is different. I, I like this. I haven't seen this in a 19-year-old. Yeah, so again, I'm different. So I grew up uh, the oldest of five, and I grew up, and my, grand, my father was a pastor. So I grew up very responsible. It, in one sense, it was not good because... There was a lot of my childhood. I kind of I yep. wasn't really a child. Yep. But what it did is it caused everyone my age to not for me to not really be able to relate to them. So with him, he was like literally the same type of person in the same type of situation. But he was a guy. And when I first met him, it was our conversations and the fact that he was more mature than his age. I'm like, oh, I finally have a friend. I finally have someone that can relate to me. I finally have someone that he likes to read, you know, you know what I'm saying? And so it was just, it was just a friendship. And I felt like we had shared values even at that, you know, early age. And so how long did y'all, were y'all, would you consider yourself y'all was dating in this friendship or y'all just had a platonic friendship? It went from, it went from friendship and it just eased right into dating. Yeah, it did. I never... Because I just feel like, you know, we never even had to talk about like, are we exclusive? Yeah. No. You know, I, that was one conversation we did have when um, I was on the phone because I had a girlfriend. Oh, that, that's a funny story. <laughs> at the time. <laughs> and so, uh, so we were talking on the phone. I said, hold on, I got I didn't do some, hold on a second. And I clicked over and I called my girlfriend. It's like, hey, listen, um, yeah, we threw, we threw. And, and he was, he was talking <laughs> to me about her. Yeah, she was on hold. Yeah, he told me. And I told her, like, hey, listen, yeah, I think I'm, I don't think this is gonna work out. Just want to let you know. Did you say hold on? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, this is like, man, this is like because the, there was such an urgency in the moment. Like, I gotta do this right now, right now. And I'm a very Siobhan knows I'm, I'm an honest person. <laughs> So like I'm not gonna just be on the phone with you mm-hmm. and got a girlfriend. It's like you before we go any further, let me clear something up. Yeah, give me a minute, did. and I'm gonna tell you. I mean, that's real man. That's a real man. <laughs> like a a real man will handle his business. Yeah, and I didn't bring her into it. She yeah. didn't even know about it till much much later. Um, it didn't make much much of a mess. There was a little bit of fallout from that, just a little bit. But at the same time, it was like, you know, I really, like, no, she didn't have to ask me to do that. It was just a thing. Like, you know what? This is what I want to do. This is it. And when it just grew into that. And it was it was so natural. 
how did it transition from at what point did you believe uh that this was your wife so we we broke up so my father died that um that very next year so when my father passed away not a lot happened i was on a i went when i turned 20 by this time i'd already had a, my associate's degree i was already working professionally as an electrical designer okay so i go on the road with tyler perry the very first show where he created my dear, you yeah. know, David Mann's creating Mr. Brown. Yeah. Tamala's like her first, like coming out. She was super shy. The whole crew, we went on the show together. Um, and so that was happening. And when I got back. You from, was on the road as an electrical engineer? Yeah, man, listen, Tyler faxed me a script and called me at work. <laughs> and I read, uh, like at my desk, I was on the phone, like, read the lines. I was like, so what are we doing here? What <laughs> when are we leaving? I love you too. And he's like, okay, okay, that that'll work. <laughs> but he had heard me sing. That's all. That's all I tell you. He so he's like, Let me, can you talk? Yeah. <laughs> I heard you sing, but can you talk? And I heard me talk. He's like, okay, we can work with that. Um, your tickets at the airport. Just go to the airport. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> that's how he would do. It literally, he'll get your ticket that day and be say, fly out today. Yeah. You got to move your whole life around yes. and leave that day. So I had to quit my job, and and they were like, you crazy? What are you What are you talking about? Yeah, I'm gonna be out of here. Like the three days, <laughs> I quit like that. Like I burned the bridge. <laughs> so I burned the bridge. And I flew. I flew to New Jersey, and we we were out there, Philly actually, and we were out there learning this play. I could do better by myself. Yep. Doing that, and uh, so when I got back from that, soon after my father passed away, and I went into such a depression, and we broke up. So we we were not together for about a year. Or so. Um, and it was during that time that I had to really face that darkness of losing my father, losing. And when I lost my father at the time, for what I understood, I lost my purpose. Yes. Because I thought I was going to be the pastor of my dad's church. Yeah. So he lost it. You know, he sold the church, essentially gave it away. He passed away. I have no church home. I have no father. I don't really have a future. This play thing didn't work out. And I'm sitting here. I can't be with nobody. Yeah. I was. I didn't want to listen to gospel music. I didn't want to hear nothing. So imagine this. I'm driving down the street listening to rap, <laughs> and I'm just like talking to myself. Like, you know what I mean? I was like, I didn't want to hear nothing about God yeah. at all. Yeah. And it took that season. That's, that split us for a while until I came to myself and understood what the future looked like. And How long was that season? It's about a year. About a year. A year. About a year. A year this, you didn't want is, nothing to do with God. My father died on Y2K, so it was a very crazy uh, day. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were scared half the yeah, death anyway yeah. because of Y2K. We thought the world was going to end, and then my world actually ended, yeah. and everybody else just kept on going. And I had that that whole year was just a blur for me. I didn't. I wasn't going to church. I just didn't know what I was doing. I found a job, and I was just going to work, and I was just doing aimless and eventually, we 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 found each other again yeah. as friends. Yeah. So, what were you doing during that year? Uh, that year, I was going to college, making friends, loving God, talking going, talking about me behind my back, going to women's retreat, <laughs> talking about me behind my you back. You know, exactly. hey, I, I had I had my crew, my ladies, they supported me. 
You know, it's, <laughs> it was so funny. One of my funniest memories of that season, um, again, I'm just, you know, I do what i known to do growing up. I'm going to depend on, you know, God and the church to support me through hard times or whatever. So we went to this women's retreat and they were like, okay, anything that you want to get over or any emotional thing that you need healing from, just write it down and we're going to throw it in the fire and burn it up. So guess what? whose name I wrote on that piece of paper? You see what I'm saying? Do you see what happens here? Put you threw you in the fire. I, and I threw you in the lake of fire, Michael. And I told him, I said, I burned you in the fire. <laughs> she burned I me. I burned your name in the fire. I, I was fine. I, so you were done. Did you fully release it after you did that? I released it. So you was, you, you was done. You was just like. Because if it was meant for me, it'll come back. You know? So. And so a year later, how did it come back, Mike? So oddly enough, our pastors did a marriage uh, taping. Where they were going to record this marriage like series they were they had put together. Mm. Um, I forget what it was called, Circle of Love. Yeah, it was so what it was called, Circle <laughs> of Love, and it was every week at the same night, and and it might have been I forget if it was every week or for a whole whole week, but it was like five or six sessions, and I signed up. I wanted to go learn about marriage. She signed up. So I hadn't really been kicking it with her because, you know, like I said, she was talking about me behind my, you know, talking about me behind I my was. back. Mm-hmm. Her yep. and her friends is like, yeah, he ain't no good. Mm-hmm. So, so, okay, I'm cool. I ain't no good. It's fine. He's talking about no good. It's fine. I'm okay. So, <laughs> so I'm going, so we're, I'm going to learn about marriage. She's there and we're seeing each other every time we go. And eventually, you know, I called her. I had a cell, you know, I called on a cell and talked and I was very nervous. And we were just like breaking the ice again, saying hi to each other again. And then it went so fast because it, it was did, like we yeah. were in the perfect environment. We were in a perfect yeah. environment learning about marriage. Yeah. And we and we connected there in a very, I would say, really healthy way because yeah. we're learning about this. And so, you know, that, that started the conversations again. And before you know it, I was like, I was all in again. And as in this is my girlfriend, oh, you know, my wife. It's time to get married. It was like, no, no, we, yeah. this is it. So, you know, I was like, I think I was 22 at that time. And so then I proposed and we got married a year later. We did like a year of counseling. Mm-hmm. And y'all got married at 23. 23, 21. Yeah. 23, 21. Yep. So this year y'all celebrating how many years of marriage? 20 years. 20 years, man. They just Praise You just God. tricked me into telling everyone how old I am. But <laughs> yeah, man. 20 years. That sounds crazy. Don't We're it? As, as young as y'all are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Because we don't see that too often. Like mm-hmm. 20 years of marriage with people that, that nah, like, yeah. People would look at this and say, how in the world did y'all make it through 20 years? Siobhan, how? If I could sum it up, I could say both of us are pretty obsessive about working on ourselves. Good. Individually. Good. And it's not based on what someone else is doing. It's because we we just want to be dope as individuals. Mm. Um, yeah, that's I think that's that's really good because it's like I always give the advice that you really can't find the perfect person or the perfect situation. What you want to find is somebody who works really hard at growing. Mm-hmm. Because really, all you can do is when you get married with someone, all you can do is grow. That's all you can do, and growth is intentional. Yes. So when someone understands, hey, I need to develop the skill for this situation, I grow and I grab the tools I need to do what I need to do, 
if a person's committed to growing, they can develop a new skill. Yeah. They can learn how to communicate. Yeah. They learn how to to they know how to read a book. They know how to go find a counselor. They know how, they will do the work mm -hmm. because they're already committed to that. Yeah. When you find someone who's not committed to growth as an individual, they will not be committed to growing as a mate. No. So that was the discipline that we'd had. Like I said, by the time I met her at 19, I had my associate's degree. I was already in the corporate world. I already had my, a new car, no co-signer, and an apartment. You said no co-signer. No, I went and bought that car on my own. And it's like my credit was good enough at 19 to do what I was doing. So it was like I was already there. By the time we were 23, 24, I had bought two houses, had a property across town I'm written out. I do renovate house. What age? I was twenty <laughs> when we got married. Twenty three. By twenty four, we were purchasing a real estate property, a HUD home. We renovated it, mm -hmm. moved into it, refined it, got them, got our investment back, bought another one across town, working with hard cash money lenders. We started a, a real estate business right away. Wow, who who was you watching the, to model that from? We were watching like I would stay up late and watch infomercials, man. I was I was watching those infomercials like I want to be like him. I want to I want to be like you know Carlton Sheets. You don't remember that's that's like Russ Russ Whitney. I want to be like these guys. I, I wanted to be that guy, and she, and she wanted to be that person. We were very. Yeah. I mean, it's just I, the best way I can describe that feeling is like we felt like we could take on the world. Yeah, we did when we first got married. And we literally tried <laughs> to that's take on the dope. Yeah. But but see that 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 spiritual alignment is so important. There's yes. people that are they still trying to find that in their marriage and they've been married years. Yeah. But here y'all are young, like below the age of twenty five, understanding that y'all have come into oneness with a, a singular vision of doing something together in purpose. That's the reason I always say, uh, I don't want just a wife. I want a purpose partner that's because that's what that looks like. It's that's like it. y'all are saying, you, I mean, it's like it's effortless. You're yes. saying, I want to do this. I want to do this too. Let's do it together. That's and y'all over here doing major exploits at that young age. Yeah. yeah. And the beautiful thing is by the time we got to the point in our marriage where we, we didn't understand what was wrong with us. When you, when you get to the other side of maybe the most difficult time in your life, we found out that what we found in the beginning was yes. still there. Yes, yes. We just had to learn the other side of it. Yes. The ambition is still there. Yes. The diligence is still there. The commitment is still there. The tenacity is still there. But now we have the emotional relational tools that, that actually frees you to do that for a long time. Because mm -hmm. you can start well. Oh, yeah. But there are certain things you need for the long haul. Oh, that's good. You can you can <laughs> kind of run on autopilot and just your good your nature for maybe as everybody said that seven year itch yeah. five to seven years. But once you get to a point in your life to where you know what we really don't know what we're doing behind the scenes. We outlook great in front of people, but we really need to figure out how to make our marriage grow to the next season. Yes. And it it that was the adjustment. But the point in that is like when you look back and like look what we're doing right now, it's like we're doing the same thing. Same thing. Yeah. We just learned the other side of that, the other components that it takes to last and to grow yeah. and to move from one season and one application of life into a new one. Mm -hmm. So what what where did y'all hit that rough spot? At what year? I would say it started, you know, so when I met you. It was yeah, not long after time. that because yeah. we moved to Dallas on faith. Yeah. 2005, December 1st, we were here. So 
a part of the confidence early in our marriage that gave that made us believe that we could take on the world also contributed to the arrogance well, that caused us to break down by not really properly understanding the toll that a move across the country would take on mm. our marriage. What what made y'all move? I would I would at the time, you know I can be deep. You know this. Go ahead, go there. And this ain't gonna surprise you. I'm thinking of I I used to go to prayer prayer every day yeah. at twelve noon. I would go to prayer, and there was this church with beautiful prayer room where you walk in. And it, the walls painted black, it was dark, and it was only lit by candlelight. And it's a candlelit altar with candles that have burned for years and the wax melted to the floor. And candles just replaced every day and it just would burn like an altar. I would go there every day at noon. And I committed to doing that. And where, in St. Louis? In St. Louis. And it was in Fenton. The church was Faith Church before they moved. David Crank is the pastor. Now he's got a much bigger church. They left that building. But this old building, his dad was passing, they had this prayer room. You walk in, and they had curtains blocked off so that the light would never hit the room if someone was praying. Close the door behind you, and you go through the curtains. There's testimonials on the walls, Bible in the corner, beautiful, like, soft music playing, and a, another book candles lighting the room. Go, 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 go ahead and create that atmosphere. Just, you just, see what I'm just, saying? just go and play some little soft music. Man, listen. So, we, so this is where I'm going every day. And, and day after day after day, I committed. I'm going to meet with God every day, no matter what. If I'm sleepy, I'm going to meet. If I if I get a breakthrough, I'll be there. If I feel like like I'm not getting nothing, I'm just going to sit there. Because it wasn't a, it was learning how to walk with God is not about an activity. It's about being with God. That's true intimacy. When you need an activity to be entertained, you don't have a real relationship. And so when folks are struggling with prayer because they think I got to do something in prayer and you got to be somebody in prayer. So I was learning just to be with God. And during that time, I spent so much time. One day I heard God say, move to Dallas. And it, it's almost seemed honestly like only maybe twice in my life have I heard something so loud that I thought somebody was in a room with me. The confirmations just flooded my life everywhere I would go like I was I would go to church and somebody would walk preaching in my section and say somebody over here is supposed to move to Texas I'm like I'm like I'm not I did not tell her she woke up a few days after I had that word he says you know I had a dream last night what was it I dreamed we moved to Texas I was like oh okay Oh, I'm not doing that. I'm not. Even, I'm not even going to entertain that. I'm not going to even plant the seed. That, right? You would hear people sit there and prophesy that stuff over and, you, and, you would, and, and over. you would just ignore it. I I told you what I was doing. I'm a real estate investor. I'm I'm head of my de- design department at the at you know at the, the job. at the job. Life was good. I'm yeah. I'm in Bible college right now. I'm leading worship at this church that's growing super fast. Yeah. I I got aspirations. Me and my brothers put a record out. I got a lot of stuff, good stuff going on. That ain't part of my plan. That's going, I'm going to lose everything. What am I, that's, what am I doing? So I didn't want to do, and when I finally submitted to that word, of course I told her and she, and she was like, let's go. That's how she always is. (laughs) I'm going to give you a snapshot how she is. When she hears faith and it's God, her first response is, let's go. let's go. Really? Months and months later, when you're done with it, she's like, oh, my God. 
What have we done? I'll think about my feelings later. <laughs> we get we get to <laughs> Dallas yes, on a wing in the prayer. Wing in the prayer. But we feel like we flying high. We finally get here and she just starts to fall apart. I did. And she's depressed. Depression. You left your family, right? I'm the oldest of five. Yeah. You know. And my church family, my I mean, very, very close knit. Very close family, yeah. yeah. Did y'all have people here when y'all came here? My brother, yeah. my brother Chuck, Chuck had moved here a year before. But and, I didn't have family yeah, here. Yeah. yeah. So it was devastating. It was wild. So when y'all heard a guy say move, he didn't tell y'all why? Nope. No. Nope. And we didn't. And when we first moved, I had a job. He didn't have a job. Nope. Not only that, I had a real estate deal on the table that was supposed to make me money. And it went left right before I left. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought I was coming down with like 15 grand. Yeah. I came down with, with negative money. Yeah. Really? <laughs> negative So money. immediately we started the journey thinking we were going to be ahead. We were behind. We were way behind. So what do you think about that? When you look back at that, some people would say, well, that clearly God didn't tell you to do it. Mm. A, a test is a test. It's a test. So I think that the reality is when God tells you something, you have to be certain that you got the right word because whatever word God gives you will test you. That's really the essence of it, because whatever God gives you, you got to now grow in that. Yes. How can you grow without a test? And so that that was actually the perfect scenario to put us in a growing environment. Yeah. So now you didn't move down here in comfort. You moved down here in a crisis. Yeah. So now you have to grow. The only option you have is to quit or grow. Because in St. Louis, so all those wonderful things I told you about, what I realized is God had to strip us. Because they were like crutches, yep. you know, in one sense, it kept us from maturing in a way that we needed, not for the season that we had been in, but for our next season, right. we needed something we didn't have yet. I was, you know, we were stripped of family support. We were stripped of our identities, which, you know, it was based on who we were in the church, yeah. who we were in the community. We were stripped of accountability because now there's no one. If if we want to do something crazy, there's nobody around nobody. the corner. No one's going to know about it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? We were yeah. completely isolated and alone. And, uh, man, it was tough. How long did it take y'all to, they say hindsight is 2020. How long did it take y'all to realize that this is what God was doing? Oh, took years, oh, man. Wow. It took years. <laughs> because we, like I said, we were arrogant. Like she yeah, said, we, we were, were arrogant. We just thought with the first three years of our marriage, everyone said, man, your marriage is going to be hard. Our first three years, like, like oh, this is great. We went to counseling for a year. <laughs> we did everything the right way. We was going on vacations all the time. Have we me. had money. Mm-hmm. I got bought me a new Infinity I thirty. Had a little Malibu. I mean, I, we got houses. Like, I think we got the cheat code to this. I think like, that's gonna be just no, pass over us. Your marriage was hard. My marriage was not hard because we know we do it over here. And so we we got arrogant. Yeah. And uh, and that pride came, and we 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 were we, that was setting us up. It was because when things start going bad, we did not really think bad things would happen to us. Mm-mm. When when things were, like there was a, there was just a point where I was thinking, like, God, you certainly gonna step in any moment. You're not gonna let it go down like this. I'm sh- I'm certain. I'm so. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm not stepping. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be in an apartment and not being able to pay the rent. It was for one, as a man, it was yeah. humiliating. Yep. Um, and so we're going through all of that, and that season's happening. But things start to move quickly, even in that at that point, because I'm I met Fred. Yeah. Fred Ammon met him. 
and I was on that that free to worship record by two, you know, twenty yeah. two thousand six, and that's where the change started happening because I I walked away in two thousand seven. I walked away from my corporate job, and so that I guess for me that was what was so confusing. Yeah, because in one sense the worst things in my life are happening to me, but God is still like sprinkling little clues that yeah. were on the right track. You know, he talks about the opportunity that he got with Fred Hammond. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we had just had a baby mm. who was in the NICU, mm. in and, and out of the hospital, terrible pregnancy, terrible yeah. birth oh experience. God. Again, I'm in a new city without my mother, without my family. Um, you know, he's in and out of the hospital with seizures. And now he's on the road all the time. He's gone. So, so listen, because at first I'm still working as an electrical designer and a project manager traveling with Fred and then trying to take care of her when I get home because she that that pregnancy almost took her out yeah so it's just getting worse and worse and worse now what's happening is because this is when you get into that growing apart thing um my life we're growing apart because we're living two different experiences definitely I'm out here learning and growing in the direction of my experiences in music and in the industry and I qu- I quit my job and now I'm doing music full time. I'm producing. And now I'm starting to dress different. Like I, I'm starting to like, you know, like trying to look at the swag. I'm going to do that. I'm going to give me a little swag too. Yeah. And I'm I'm discovering my creative self and not the preacher, Michael. I'm discovering the artist, yeah. the artistic, creative side of myself. She never met that guy. Mm-mm. So now she's looking at me. I'm coming home and she's like, FUBU, what are you wearing? Like. What is that? You know, and I'm like, what? I got all these jeans and I'm like trying because now I'm not going into the corporate office. So I'm not wearing khakis yeah. and a polo anymore. I'm I'm on the road. Like I'm yeah. I'm tr- I'm I'm trying to shop for clothes that look nice on stage and and I Siobhan, never you prefer the straight lace conservative type of guy? Latarius, I'm very security oriented. As you couldn't guess by now. <laughs> So the only way God could have convinced me to leave my family was because I thought I had security. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think the biggest emotion I felt for, you know, toward God during that time was betrayal. Yes. It's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, you betrayed me. <laughs> like, yeah. you tricked me into leaving my family <laughs> for him to stop wearing FUBU. <laughs> like, what is no happening? Shade, no shade <laughs> on FUBU. Yeah, was no just, shade, whatever. No shade on FUBU. You know, FUBU. but it's just like, it's like, you know, God, you, you know, I thought this was a Mercedes and this is a lemon. You know, that's how, dang. I mean, that sounds hard, but it's just. Dang, we don't, I, she don't, she don't recount this story very often. So I'm like, man, it's getting worse and worse. But, Every but time she I, 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 I just gotta, it just, it was, it was how I felt. It was tough. It was tough, man. Um, and you rough. got this child and, and he's baby. on the road. I'm, I'm and, sick. I'm yeah, alone. Man. I'm depressed. I mean, seriously depressed. You but know, you, postpartum. So you, you had nobody come help you? Like Chuck's nobody. wife wasn't coming to be don't with make, you? Don't make it look bad. Well, it's not that. <laughs> no. So you she mean was Chuck's babies. wife yeah, wasn't there babies. for you? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she. <laughs> now, listen, my sister-in-law, she, was, she had a lot of babies she back to back. She had a lot, lot of babies. She needed help. She needed help, too. Okay. For sure. So you just, I, that's why you felt betrayed by God because you sit down here raising this kid by yourself. By myself. Uh, child dealing with health challenges, husband gone on the road. Mm-hmm. Financial problems. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I lost my identity. 
You know, we and then we had a hard time connecting to a church home because I don't have community. Oh, I'm yeah. literally all by myself. And then this is going into 2008, 2009. Mind you, remember I told you about those real estate properties. Yeah. So now the economy is going bad. Real estate is going bad. I lose those properties. Mm-hmm. And because I'm in Dallas, I can't get back fast enough to figure out how to turn them around. I get back to St. Louis and one of them has deserted them. The other one was Section 8 and they would not pay me. Because and and they didn't renew her voucher and both houses were trashed. I'm a young real estate guy. I don't really understand. I don't have a strong network. Yeah. I can't figure out how to get out of these deals. And I'm reading the signs of the walls. I'm paying my rent to go take care of those and problems. those mortgages. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, what would you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you take up a new hobby, catch up on some sleep, complete reading the book you've never had time to finish but always promised that you would? Did you know the best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is by knowing what's important to you and making it a priority? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I could not become the person I am today without therapy, to be honest with you. My vulnerability and transparency were cultivated in therapy, and it served as a foundation in which the beloved Dear Future Wifey podcast was built. Now, as you know, relationships of all kinds are important to me. Therapy helps with learning positive coping skills, managing expectations of myself and others, and most importantly, establishing healthy boundaries. Oh, boy, life is stressful, ain't it? Now, therapy is a safe space to recalibrate and recenter. Now, can I be transparent with you? Since the inception of this podcast, I've always wanted to do this right here for better help. Why? Because so many of you reach out to me seeking referrals for therapy services after each episode. My heart has been overwhelmed by the outpouring of you desiring help to show up better in life. And guess what? I believe the world is a better place with better help. It's entirely online, too. Designed to fit your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Wifey today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Wifey. Yep. And, and this is just it's starting to take a toll on me. So all this stuff is happening. We go through so much financial crisis on top of all these changes and so to say, you know, goes without saying, we're not really getting along anymore. No. Um, and now we're in this, we've grown apart. I mean, I'm going to London. I'm going to Trinidad. I'm going to Africa. I'm, we're flying all over the place, singing, doing records, working with everybody and experiencing these things. And I come home and when I get home, she's just like miserable. 100%. And, and I'm honestly oblivious. Very. Because I'm thinking, can't you see all I'm doing for you? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, I'm doing all this for us. You know, yeah. it's like. And it's just like, I'm like telling her, hang on in there. Like, hang I, on in I, there. I really told her that. Like, you just need to hang in there. Like, you. you and hanging you, in there. And the other thing is, you know, when you first get in the music industry, if you don't really know the hard work that it takes oh to gosh. do that stuff, someone from the outside looking like in. Like, you're having fun. you having a party and all I, the time. And I'm trying to tell yeah. her, I, I would, you know what we used to yeah. do. So I would leave the house <laughs> and we was working all day. All day. And night. And night. And I come home, she's like, yeah, you just, what you been doing all day? I'm like, I've been working like I I don't run the company. I'm, I didn't believe him. I'm writing. I'm producing. We're doing stuff. I'm over day. doing product. I'm doing all these things. And and she didn't understand. We were doing so much traveling that even when I I remember I remember sitting on a plane, thinking I got what I wanted and I'm miserable mm. because I'm just tired because I had no balance in my life, and she thought I was just kicking it. And I wasn't. 
But and I was telling her like I'm doing I'm really trying to do right and trying to make this work and it just nothing I said. I could say nothing. <laughs> and so essentially what was happening is there was a part of us that that exposed a part of us that we and this this was not about our marriage. It was about who we were as individuals before we got married. That's it's about right. our families of origin. Right. It's about those sides of you that that God has always wanted to work with. And I think it took us getting to Dallas, getting away from everything mm-hmm. to re, to discover mm-hmm. who we really were yeah. under under an insurmountable amount mm-hmm. of pressure. And like an unreasonable pressure you never imagined you'd happy. I never, I'm holding my son and he's having a seizure in my arms. And I don't have health insurance. And I'm losing everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, just, we just sit here thinking about that moment as a man standing in this house I just purchased. And I, do you know why I bought the house? I bought the house and I bought a car because I knew I was about to lose everything. So I'm like, if yeah. I, so if I get these things, yeah. if I file for buckle down through this yeah. financial crisis, when I come out, if I survive, I'll have something. And I'm in this house, and I'm broke, and I'm I'm getting I'm we're getting foreclosure notices, right? And I and I'm trying to get into to the mortgage modification, and you know yeah. everybody was doing it, yeah, sure was. and it just was Christ. But looking back in retrospect, I can I can see. All of the character, yes, I, that I did not have to match my ambition. Hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, and and I don't use ambition in a bad way. It's like at a young age, I mm-hmm. understood. We mm-hmm. understood. We've got purpose, yes. and we've got something great to do. Yes, let's go. Yeah. And we struck out. We did not understand yeah. that we did not have character to mm-hmm. sustain the vision. And that situation for years taught us how to become the people that could do the vision. I think a lot of us get so caught up in what we're going to do and we don't spend enough time thinking through, discovering, walking through who we're becoming. And that's really the essence of purpose, not what, it's who. And I I was going to say, I said something earlier about me thinking that I had gotten a Mercedes and I had gotten a lemon. And I think for me, one of the most difficult things during that season to face was with me, the ugliness in me I saw. I was the lemon. <laughs> you mm. know? I was the one who, like he said, it was about where God wanted to take us. I wasn't ready. I was willing, but I wasn't ready. I was willing, but I wasn't ready. Wow. What happens a lot is that people hear this journey and the ugly part of it and make people say, see, that's why I want to get married. And that's why I don't want to trust God. Because if I'm if I keep matters in my own hands, I can prevent myself from ever experiencing that, hmm. from ever going where God sent me. I'm going to go where I know that I have set provision for myself to go. Hmm. If I ain't got no money to move, I'm not going. If I ain't got no money to be quitting my job and moving on faith, I'm not doing. I'm going to choose safety over anything else. What would you say to people, especially those that desire to walk in faith, those that desire to operate with a a, a Abraham level of faith and be like, go, 
and and now sacrifice your son. Like what? Hold on. What is it? That's a different level of faith. What would you say hindsight been 2020 that will encourage people on the journey to say, I know right now you in the situation where you're sitting in this house and your lights are getting cut off tomorrow. You have been, you know that this woman that's uh, um, that you married is the person that God has designed for you to marry. Y'all are at odds with each other. Y'all can't stand each other. Y'all looking at uh, uh, filing for divorce in the next couple of weeks. But God, how do you encourage people in the but God moment? What would you say? Let, let me give you this. This is this. I've never thought of it this way, but but I, I it just I think the Holy Spirit just gave me this. Every purpose journey has an adolescent season, and if you if you think that you're going to grow into this incredible version of yourself without a season of adolescence. Mm-hmm. You're believing a lie. Yes. However, if you understand that that season's coming, yes. the vision is right, but I cannot, I cannot shortcut yes. or I cannot avoid this necessary season. And the season of adolescence is so important because that's when you start to develop yes. into the mature person that you will remain. There it is. That's when you get the the wherewithal, the the natural organs, the tenacity, the emotional fortitude. It starts to truly form, and and who you are at the, in that season, who you're becoming, that starts to solidify your ability to to hold on to the vision you started with, mm-hmm. but to then execute that vision into fruition. So good. Every and I think so many of us, and this is the this is the lie we believe. You, you're only with that person until you're no longer happy. Mm. But you're wrong about that. Because when you hit adolescence, no one's comfortable there. Mm-hmm. Your voice is changing. You're growing. Your things are happening on your body. You don't understand. And, and here's the thing. Nothing's wrong with you. Mm. Female, you get your, you know, you get your, the time starts to kick in. Yeah. All these things happen. You smell funny. Yep. You look funny. <laughs> your nose look big. Nothing fits. Nothing matches. Mm. You got to keep buying new shoes because your feet bigger than everything. You look like, you know, you know what I'm saying? You look crazy. Like a you see what I'm saying? <laughs> However, if you understand the adolescence is two things. It's necessary yes. and it's temporary. Yes, Lord. You have to go through it <laughs> to be who God said you were going to be. The vision was right, yes. but this season is necessary. The reason you're not happy is because you're going through a necessary season of transition. Mm-hmm. That will help you. Now, you understand on the other side of this season, you will find happiness again. And, and you understand this, once your body stops growing, mm-hmm. you get comfortable in your new self, your new physical frame, and you learn how to work what you got. You learn what clothes to wear. Then you start to walk in that purpose, and you, it starts to feel good again. But you got to go through the season so because good. you don't know what you're doing until you test it to the core. But that's the becoming season, not the, mm-hmm. not the destroying season. Mm-hmm. In that season of, of brokenness, y'all are at odds. What song comes to mind as a soundtrack for that moment? Oh my goodness. Um, you already know. This this song God gave me in a retreat together. I picked up a guitar and I start singing. You will have the final say. It is done 
it is done Oh, you will have the final say It is done It is done And it's too late to lose It's already done It's too late to lose The victory is won It's too late to lose It's already done It's too late to lose The victory is won The victory is won Already done And this is my benediction song Because it's already done Oh, 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 oh And you will have the final say It is done Yes, it is done Oh, it is done It is done Keep singing that, keep singing that end part It's too late to lose It's already done Yes, it's too late to lose The victory is won It's too late to lose Because it's already done It's too late to lose The victory is won It's already done What God said He is able to do He didn't lie to you it's already done it's done in heaven god have your way on earth it's already done i believe it i believe i believe i believe yes i believe god oh it's already done because you will have the final say Cause it is done Oh, it is done Oh, it is done I don't have to see it to believe it because it's done, yes God has already worked it out It is done, yes It is done, yes Thank God in advance Because it is done It is done I don't know what you're going through right now <clears throat> But God said it is done. Yeah, it is finished. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm not talking about the marriage that you want to be over, but I'm talking about the circumstances that leading, that's leading to you wanting to call it quits. Mm -hmm. 
it is done. Mm. The doubt, the anguish, the self-loathing, the lie that the enemy has spoken to you, telling you that you are not enough, that you are unworthy. Those lies, it is done. I want to encourage you in this moment right now in the name of Jesus. Yes, God. To cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. I encourage you to lean not to your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge him and allow Christ Jesus to direct your path. I know it gets a little weary in your well-doing and oftentimes you feel like God has forgotten about you. But the Bible says his eye is on the sparrow. God has not forgotten about you. God has not forgotten about your circumstance. Your prayers have not gone unanswered. Mm. Your faith worketh patience. God is pruning you in this season for you to be able to to go through this maturation phase for you to be able to stand boldly Mm. in the very thing that you've been praying and asking God for. This process is for the promise. It's for this assigned season over your life for you to be able to walk in the calling that God has called you to walk in. So thank him in advance. Instead of complaining him, give him glory. Instead of getting upset about the circumstance, be like Paul who says, I endure hardship like a good soldier. Yes. Let praise continually be on your lips. In Jesus' name, Jesus. I encourage you. Amen. Amen. Mike, when I tell you it's something on that song, mm. it is something on that song. Mm. And you said you wrote that song in what heart space? We were in a retreat, and we were praying, and uh, it was just couples. And uh, we were in a little cabin, and I picked up my guitar, and I just felt like so much. I wanted to sing something I had not sung before. I just, I didn't know how to communicate it. And I started to play. I didn't even think. It just came right out just like that. Mm. I, it's like one of those moments where I didn't write the song. The song was burst. Like it just came right out <laughs> with a nose and two eyes. And <laughs> it was all, it was fully, it was, already it was fully put together. Um, but that was, it was almost like that God moment is what it was. And it just connected. And and I have, you know, the prayer we've had for years, singing that. I was singing that to the guys on the Zoom prayer in the morning. And it explain, just... Explain what we were doing. So... But before we do that, let's introduce people hearing this music just pop up out the blue. <laughs> They're like, Jesus is over here playing the music. Oh, they got Jesus playing music. Introduce this amazing... So I brought my, my friend, Andrew Morris. He's an incredible uh, acoustic guitar player and worship leader in his own right. And uh, he just last minute just like come hang out with me and uh see what happens so absolutely phenomenal shout out to you king incredible you are absolutely dope brother (laughs) yeah um yeah so so the 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 baby was born The, the song came to fruition and um you said that we had this talk about talk about our group of men that we would meet with yeah 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 so so coming out of 2020 pandemic the lord started speaking to me about intimacy and said i want you to start something i want to speak to you and i want you to start a movement and i was like ah. so i met a guy and and uh we were talking and i just said it to him like hey i'm gonna start a, a prayer twice a week and I, I it was coming out of my mouth and i was like what are you saying like you don't want to do that 
And that started in January of 2021 and we, Tuesdays and Fridays and it's not stopped to this day. So we would, we would be up and I, and the same the same way God taught me to pray would happen because mm-hmm. if, if guys would come on. And you'd just be sitting there in, in I got my guitar, you know, or my piano. I'm praying, worshiping. It was just you'd seeking sitting God. sitting in the closet. Sit, yeah, I was sitting in the closet. I used to be in the closet. He was trapped in the closet. I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. I was. I was. Yeah, I was trapped in the closet. I literally, because for years, I was literal about my prayer closet. It, it was my closet. Yeah. And so <laughs> I bring. Said, yeah, yeah. And it, it gets a little weird saying I brought these guys into my closet. <laughs> <laughs> All the fellas. <laughs> it's a book I'm writing. Praying in the closet. Praying in the closet with the fellas. With we, the so, fellas. <laughs> but man, we started doing that, and then I was singing that song. Yes. And it just it just spoke so much life, yes. and it there were times where the where I couldn't make the call because I was sick or something, mm-hmm. and the guys would say we were on a song, we yep. were on a singing "Too Late to Lose" or yeah. "Final Say," but but that was that during that season, like that song came out, "Walk with You" came, like all these different things. I was not trying to write songs; I was having encounters with God, and then I, as I would journal. Those became songs. And that's why, like, I don't know. I love writing out of creativity and that. It's great. But it's a different thing when you're writing through a journey, oh, right? Yes. Because when you sing a song like that, it has so much weight on yes. it. And that's called, that, that song has life on it. Yeah. It's like you've lived that. Yeah. That's just not creativity. That's just what you've experienced. So all of that, that song just just hits different. Mike and I go extremely far back. I would write songs for my oh, plays. Yeah, or write yeah, songs. Yeah, yeah, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, Mike, yeah. I need you to sing this. I, I try to demo it the best I could and be like, here, sing this, Mike. Mm-hmm. I, I need you to be the voice behind this and Chuck or play the music and we would get together. And then when you took position at Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship, you was like, hey, I want to do these plays. I was like, hey, you know, my play is a little... Uh, provocative, you know what I'm saying? You was like, no, we want to do that. We want to, we want to, we want to do yeah, ministry man. like that. And you brought me in. And what was so amazing about God is my dream. I was touring shows across the country, but my dream was to be able to do plays for the local church. Yep. And you opened that door for me at Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship. And no one will ever, you know, they would never understand it. Like, what'd you be? You touring shows across the country, major venues yeah, yeah, with yeah. different celebrities. I said, yeah, that's cute. That's fun. I love it. But I want to use my gift for the local body of Christ. Yeah. And the local body of Christ created the opportunity at Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship. Shout out to Dr. Tony Evans. Mm-hmm. But for me to even offer my my talent free, yeah. for, for people to be able to see the plays free. Uh, one of the first shows that we did for for, for Easter, made I mean, it lined all down the street. Yes. It made the front page of the Dallas Morning yep. News. It was absolutely crazy. But that's why you have to make sure you linked up with the right people in right. your life. And I call them destiny helpers. That's right. Because you came along and we came along each other's lives and became destiny helpers yeah. for each other. You get ready to release a song, you be like, hey, Latarius, I need you to come shoot this. Here, I ain't throwing no fees yeah. at you. I'm yeah. saying, whatever you got, what, hey, hey, what we doing? I'm here. I'm, I'm up here with a camera trying always to use my gifts. Always have been that way. You've always been that way. Mm-hmm. Because you've always been that way as well. And so we never throw price tags and invoices to each other. We'd be like, hey, you, hey, God got you on this. I got you. God got me on this. You got me. And we've always been able to serve each other as each other's destiny helpers. So um, about to choke up, but I'm, I'm going to shake it off. <laughs> I, 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 I appreciate you for being that in my life. Uh, and um, so this podcast is Mike 
Bethany, you have an album that's dropping. And so I said, listen, I want to give you a platform for, because see, the thing about the Dear Future Wifey podcast, uh, Lit Fam, we get behind guests on our podcast and we like to just love on them by supporting their projects, buying their merchandise, like, and people recognize you from my um, my um, valve abstinence episode, yeah. and it was like, "Who is that guy? That guy's amazing. Who is it? we need it?" And, and and I allowed you to go and talk so people can hear how you pour. And they was like, "We need a we need an episode with him where he gets a chance to talk more because he said he got something on him." I'm like, "All right, I'm gonna watch. It's gonna be a moment where he come back." Um, and you know, Siobhan over here talking. And yeah, you know, first felt like she's gonna be quiet. She over here, look at her. You know what I'm saying? So these 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 beautiful moments. Um, what's another song in your heart before we get ready to conclude? Mm, probably walk with you. I, I like. I said walk. I think uh, early in the morning, you wait for me to rise, counting down the seconds until I open up my eyes. I hear your invitation You have been so patient So Lord, this is my reply I want to walk with you And talk with you Hear you speaking And feel you breathing Walk with you And talk with you I want to hear you speaking And feel you breathing Walk with you I want to walk with you just about you I wanna be with you and not just around you I wanna love you and not just be loved by you I wanna walk with you I wanna walk with you songs are on this album there are um seven songs and some of these songs like walk with you and feel the room have extended worship so this 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 album is about an experience so when we recorded it live you know we did feel the room and that song just i just felt in the holy spirit in the moment like don't stop this because somebody's gonna need 15 minutes yes 
And so while the song is now 15 minutes, the experience in that night was 15 minutes and it just never stopped. And we find those moments. So there's so much in this album that I believe will create like a transformational experience for you. Because I love worship and worship is not emotionalism. It should be transformational because you're in the presence of God mm. and the right song written with the right motive can can usher you into a transformational moment. And here's what's powerful about that. Whatever you bring into that moment can be transformed in a moment. Yes. That's what's powerful about a transformational experience with God. And I know that from experience. And I'm not saying that counseling doesn't work and therapy doesn't work, but there are some things that only God can can address. And even if you get counseling, it's to help you walk out what God's already freed you from. Mm. And so these songs, this is what they do. They usher you into a place where you cannot deny the presence and the power and the grace of God. Mm -hmm. That's what they've been to me. That's why it was important for these songs just to not just be birthed out of creativity. They had to be birthed out of a, a, a warfare and, and struggle and life and experiences and, and true intimacy because I'm not giving you a song. I'm giving you my journey. Yeah. And that can be a roadmap to you finding yours. Mm. And that's really what it is. It's, it's, it's all those things. And I just love how it all came together. It's, it's a beautiful project. I, I just believe it's going to be a blessing to a lot of people. Already it's been a blessing. We've released two singles, Ask Me Why, He Is Lord. Already done, coming, and then the album releases. This is a very important album the Lord gave me to, to release you said whatever you bring into a transformational moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Can be transformed. Transformed in a moment. Yeah, transformed mm -hmm. in a moment. Mm -hmm. In a moment. Whatever you bring in a transformational moment can be transformed in a moment. Yeah. Yes, yes. When I tell you that thing right there. Yes. Uh, full circle experience. Siobhan, mm -hmm. yeah. now how do you feel when you hear your man worshiping? I'm so proud of him. Um, as dark as that season was that we talked about earlier, I will go through it all again. Really? Because the version of him that came out of that dark season, it was he was so much better than who he was going into it, as wonderful as I thought he was. And if I can encourage wives out there um, that may be going through a season like that, don't give up. Because what you're believing for, the version of your husband that you see today, he has all the raw material that God needs in order to make him what you are believing God for, in order to make him what you know he is and what he can be. So today, start treating him like the king that you're believing for him That's to be. That's good. Are you impressed with him now? I am so impressed with him. He's my best friend. I respect him. Um, but more than that, guess what? <laughs> At home, he is what y'all see on the stage. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, what you think about your queen right here, Mike? I'm proud of her. You know, she what she said, you know, it would take a whole other podcast to unpack because what she did during that season is she started, she stopped coming to me to to argue about what she wanted to be different. She faced herself. And she started to work. It, 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 we got to a point where I could not deny the work she was doing. Mm. And the more she worked, 
it sparked my work ethic because we have that in common. So we, she started to inspire me just out of the, 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 the effort she would put into her life. And she was living it. She was doing it. And she would do things. And I would come home and, you know, she, she'd cooked a meal. And it's like, okay, it used to be, you know, ramen or whatever. But now you, <laughs> and she can cook. But she would do those things, you know, I would like and try to make the house nice. And she started doing it on faith. She started doing it out of like she she went back and now this is what sometimes you have to do. You have to remember what did God say? Mm. This is why the beginning is a very important thing. Mm. Nurture the beginning of a season. Nurture the vision. Write it down. Make it plain. Rehearse it. Understand it. Because when you get to your adolescent adolescent season, you're going to need that. Yes. You're going to need them pictures. You're going to need all that because you're going to need fuel to pray, fuel to believe. She went back and she captured that and she started giving it to me. And she was no longer reflecting. She was sewing. A lot of times people get oh, into the, so you, you reflect so automatically yeah, and it. you got to start it. reflecting energy and that's you have to start it. sewing energy. That's it. Right. She started doing that. And this is, I'm going to tell you that this is the secret to love. Love is not reflective. Mm. I can't get love from you. This is why relationships break down because you're trying to have a reciprocal relationship. It doesn't work because for some reason, when there's a breakdown on one side or the other and they can't give it to you, then you can't give it to them. That's not love. That's transaction. That's what that's what happens when you go into the gas station and you have any money. They don't give you gas. Mm. (laughs) That's not a covenant. (laughs) Mm. Here's what makes a covenant work. This is the thing. The only thing that makes a covenant is God. That's it. Because covenant is, first of all, it ain't even your idea. Yep. You didn't come up with marriage. You didn't come up with covenant. God did. And when you understand it, that God made it, God knows how to work it. Mm-hmm. God can. Now, what happens with love is the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to love and plant seed, even in a dry place. Yes. And what you cannot control the sun and the rain, but you can control sowing. Yes. And when you sow in faith, you will reap. That's it. And that is a principle. Even in your relationship, you're so busy talking about this ain't happening. He ain't this and she ain't that. Let me ask you a question. Could it be that what you're getting from them is a harvest Mm -hmm. of seeds you've sown? Mm -hmm. And every time you sow a negative word, not even just in the presence, even in private, you are sowing seeds. And you will, this is what the Bible says, God's not mocked. You will reap what you sow. If that's what you want, you're free to sow it. And the problem with sowing seeds is it always comes back in greater measure <laughs> than what you sow. So when I say you get on my nerves, I'm going to get a windstorm back from that woman. This is what you got to understand. So God makes a covenant work. God provides love to your wife or to your husband when they can't give it to you. That's when it's no longer a transaction. Yeah. That's a covenant. Yes. Well, drop the mic on that. Um, I'm sorry, man. I just got I don't know, kicked into it. No, that's what it needs to be. That <laughs> moment, that's a real. Yeah. That right there going to bless some people. Uh, that is absolutely powerful. How can people get this album? Man, it's 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 streaming on every platform. It comes out June 30th, um, midnight. So you can YouTube the videos. Some of the videos are already there, but you'll see all the videos coming out. Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, all those places. 
I'm no longer selling music out of my trunk. And even if I did, <laughs> y'all don't want CDs no more. So, <laughs> so you better you, go get these downloads. All of the streaming platforms. And yeah. you can also, don't forget, you can still buy it on iTunes. Yeah. You can buy the whole thing. So, yeah. Yeah, that's what I want to do. I don't want to just listen to it. I want to go buy it. Just buy the yeah, whole yeah, album. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah. cherry pick the songs. Buy the whole album. It don't cost oh, you need money. the experience, yeah, man. Yeah. I was thinking about it. We be making life decisions about a ten dollar album or something like. Hey, yeah. $10. You have to convince people to buy a song that's ninety cents, ninety nine cents. Like, come on, man, it's, it's it's crazy. But yeah, let's let let's show love. Uh, let's let's sew into my boy. Um, gosh, I don't want to let you go. I don't want to let you go. This is good, man. I yeah, knew this, this, I knew this was, was going to be hard to stop. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and I'm trying to get out of it because Rihanna be hungry. You know, you got, you got, you got to feed Rihanna. She, she ain't had, hungry. She had, she ate half of nachos. I know she over thinking about eating the other half. Uh, so I got to feed feed her because she get hangry. Um, let me yeah. think of, um, I want you to take us out with a song, whatever's on your heart. Mm. Um, and we'll just go out on that. And then. Oh, I love this. I want, I want to sing. Um, this is this is not on the album, but I feel like some in my heart. This is a worship moment for yes. you guys. I'm gonna provide this soundtrack. Um, put me, uh, let's do a. Yeah, yeah. See, you need a moment, and and I feel like something's about to happen. You've been, it's been brewing. You you can feel in your heart. There's a reconnection, right? What you gotta understand is, it's not about your mate. God's trying to get your attention. Mm. Change doesn't start with somebody else. It starts with you and what God wants to do in your heart. And it starts when God stops, when you, when, when you stop looking at God as somebody who's doing you a favor and somebody who really wants to be in your life. Mm. See, somebody can do you a favor today and be gone tomorrow. Mm. Well, God doesn't want to just drop a blessing off at your door. Mm. See, that's not what he's doing. He's, he's cultivating a relationship and it, it will last you through those hard seasons and God is a loving God yes. and the best thing you can do is let God love you and love him back I love you Lord and I lift my voice to worship you oh my soul rejoice Take joy, my King, in what you hear, and let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you oh my soul rejoice take joy my king in what you hear and let it be a sweet sweet sound in your ear and I exalt you yes I exalt you Lord I exalt you 
coming back to you right now, God, because I adore you. Yes, I do. And Lord, I love you. Mm, I still, I still love you. as I am God right now Lord I'm sorry for walking away from you God no one else is to blame God it's me it's me oh Lord standing in the need of your help God I worship you God I worship you and let it be a sweet sweet sound oh let it be a sweet Sweet, sweet sound, let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Thank you, Jesus. Can I just pray? Yes, let's go. God, I thank you for the for the young woman who's listening to this podcast. And even as I'm just singing, singing this song, that she would open her heart and stop fighting, stop resisting. She's been hurt. But right now, this is a season to receive. I hear the Lord just just leading me to tell you, stop fighting, stop resisting. There's no amount of effort that you can put forth to change the situation. What God wants is to you. To, to love you where you are just as you are and there's enough love from from the from the heart of God to start just changing you from the inside out without without anything changing around you enough can change in you yes before you even see a change outside of you God says he will carry you through this season it is difficult, but God is with you. Though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have to fear evil. You don't have to fear the worst because God is with you. Yes. He's, he's, he's here to comfort you. And he's sitting at a table with you, even with enemies onlooking. Yes. It doesn't matter who's looking at you. It matters who's sitting with you. Mm. And I thank you, God, for letting them know. And for this young man who's skeptical of worship. But since it's a tug in his heart right now, I thank yeah. you that the page is turning in his life, that things are turning around right now and he's making a decision and someone's deciding to rededicate their life back to you. They know you and this song sounds familiar. The sound of it sounds familiar because it's the sound of the God calling them back to a place that they once knew. I thank you for doing it again and this next season will be so much better. It's going to be it's going to be it's going to be better. It's going to be sweeter. It's going to be more peace than they've ever experienced. Not conditional on the exterior, but but because what you're doing on the inside of them. Peace is an inside work and it's happening right now. And I give you praise for it in advance. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. Amen. Thank you. Jesus name. Amen. (sighs) Thank you all so much for joining us. This is the season of miracles and manifestations. Amen. Yeah, man. And, um, wow. Hmm. 
yeah, this is this is this was an encounter. Um, and so thank y'all for joining us. I can't wait to hear the testimonies that's going to come forth from what you experienced, the breakthrough that you've experienced, the transformation that took place um, on this episode. So I'll be looking in the comments. Show love to my boy, Mike Bethany, and his amazing wife, Siobhan. Um, we're going to drop their social media handles in the description. So uh, y'all be blessed. Give it up for my people, the Bethany's. Thank you, Ron. Ladarian thrusted suddenly into child protective services in 2015. My nephew, black, a boy. The likelihood of being adopted outside of kinship, slim to none. Armani, 16 years old, black, a boy, with five years in the foster care system before I even knew his name. The likelihood of ever being adopted, yep, you guessed it, slim to none. While Ladarian and Armani were trying to survive and barely thrive in an overpopulated and underfunded foster care system, I was living my own life, doing well professionally. Having been a single father with a daughter who at that point was doing well in college, it was my time to live my life, right? Wrong. I felt unsettled, tireless, agitated. There are just too many of our black children stuck in ambiguity and in the limbo of the foster care system. In 2017, I legally adopted my nephew, Ladarian. Fast forward to 2019, I had no ties to this other young king, but I felt God instructed me to adopt him also, and I obeyed. Starting over with parenting should have been enough, right? Working with various foster care and adoption agencies to help bring awareness to the countless young black kings in the foster care system should have decreased my agitation, right? Joining the board of directors of Advantage Adoption, an organization that helps find permanent adoptive homes for children in foster care, should have led to some type of resolve, right? No, not at all. None of it felt like I had done enough. I now realize that every one of those experiences was laying the fundamental foundation for my life's mission, Kingdom Royale. Kingdom Royale will be a luxury, state-of-the-art home for foster boys. Our first location will be in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We will utilize the whole person approach that instills identity, empowers them to advocate for themselves, and enlightens them regarding new perspectives and limitless options that they thought were impossible. Though the young kings will attend the local public schools that are in proximity to Kingdom Royale, our at-home curriculum will broaden their worldview through participating in the arts, attending various cultural events, learning about and engaging in multifaceted discussions about current events and even relevant historical context, introducing them to gardening and landscaping and even caring for our animals on our farm and on-site stables. We just launched our startup capital campaign with the goal of raising $2.8 million. Now, why $2.8 million? Well, in 2017, I created a web series in which I performed random acts of kindness for targeting the homeless community. One of the most notable successes was that one of the videos went viral, garnering 28 million views. However, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't raise a single dollar to help in implementing a more sustainable plan for the homeless community. So throughout the years, with much remorse, I reflected on not maximizing that moment. I knew if at that time, just 10% of the viewers donated $1, 
we would have raised at least $2.8 million that could have really established long-term support for the homeless community, or at least started a long-term initiative to do so. This is my do-over. This is our new beginning. Together, we can attack this at the root by specifically helping our homeless black boys who are already disproportionately represented in the American foster care system. I'm LaTerris R. Whitfield. I've been nominated for three regional Emmys documenting my work with the homeless as well as my personal adoption journey. Despite those accolades, the greatest award for me is truly providing the infrastructure for a transformed life. Visit KingdomRoyale.com for more details. Crown a king and make a donation today. Man, let me tell you something. I love having the Bethany's on the podcast. That's my boy. That brother can sing. Boy, I'm telling you, if God allowed me to sing like that brother, let me tell you something. I'll start every episode out singing. Y'all get tired of me. But listen, here's my favorite part of the podcast where I speak to my future Wifey, dear future wifey, I love you. That is all. That is the message. Your future hubby. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit, live intentionally and transparently, and don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family.